there, welcome to the Savage BDSM podcast. This is episode number one. Hi, I'm Domina Ava Savage. So I've been meaning to do this podcast for quite some time and today I felt inspired enough to get started. I have been a dominatrix for over eight years. I am located in Canada um, within the city of Calgary. I do a lot of international tours and my expertise range from, oh gosh, so many variables. Wrestling is part of my flavor of domination. I like to dominate with my body, with my mind, and with equipment. So I'm kind of a trifecta, or rather I am. Um, Lots of doms out there, they have uh, different flavors, but mine is quite physical. Um, I also specialize in CBT, sissification, um, oh gosh, humiliation. Uh, There are so many areas in which I absolutely immensely enjoy um, the the creative component and the skill set that BDSM in its professional um, in its professional setting. Uh, shed light to. Now, that being said, um, <clears throat> I will like to continue on with my introduction, not getting too far into the weeds on topical issues because we will, um, <clears throat> we will circle back to very specific topics on an ongoing basis, a uh, weekly basis. Uh, I will be uploading podcasts for all you listeners to listen to. Um, so, uh, going on with my introduction, um, part of what makes makes me very suitable for this format um, is that I have a professional broadcasting background. I'm an educated woman who has become a professional dominatrix. Um, I have been uh, I've been in many different careers, and I would say by far what I'm doing now is is by far the most satisfying thing I have ever done in my life. So that brings us to today's um, intent for our podcast. So today, like I said, we're going to be very general and then very specific ongoing. So let's talk about BDSM um, on its, just on its face, you know, um, the ground floor of BDSM rather. Uh, We will talk about um, aspects such as the fact that uh, this is not necessarily just a physical thing. BDSM, which stands for bondage, discipline, satanistic, masochism, or there's other variations as well. That's the one I prefer. Um, is 80% psychology at least. So what it is, is it's a deeply psychological game. What I am doing as a professional dominatrix is I am getting deeply embedded into people's minds. I'm creating a platform in which people come and see me and they feel seen and heard and understood on a level that they're not able to do in the outside world. This is absolutely fundamental when we are talking about the topic of shame. Shame is something that keeps us from progressing in life. Um, It keeps us from progressing in so many facets, including business, uh, for instance. 
um, business, uh, one might not want to take a risk, maybe not want to take a jump uh, uh, to uh, create a new business or change careers or whatever um, for fear of, of feeling shameful if they fail. Um, so shame is, is very instrumental uh, when it comes to success of every kind. And also love. Let's use love, for instance. You know, shame holds us back in that area as well um, because it's like, you know, what happens if you tell somebody you love them and they don't say, I love you back? You may end up feeling foolish, right? So we want to instrumentally and fundamentally cultivate an environment for our life and our livelihoods that is uh, more rid of shame. Like just a little bit less shame would be better for everybody. And I feel like the movement um, within the past, you know, couple years uh, with regards to gay rights and black lives and, you know, all of this racial stuff is, I think the world's sort of unconsciously starting to become aware of the fact that in order to get rid of shame, you need to bring it to the surface. So that's, that's, instrumentally what I do. Um, and that being said, uh, it, you know, I, I definitely shine a spotlight on shame, um, which is so fundamental, but, uh, I, I will, I will delve into that specifically, um, with regards to fetish. So, Shame, uh, or fetish rather, uh, which has a lot of shame surrounding it, depending especially on a person's fetish, is not their fault. You see, it's um, people, they don't pick their fetish. Their fetish picks them. Um, uh, No one wakes up in the morning. No one wakes up one day and goes like, oh, you know, fuck, I really want someone to like, fart in my face like that's oof that's gonna turn me on so much I just want to get like nauseous and vomit because of the stench like that's getting me hard that's turning me on no one chooses that no one chooses uh you know um to want to see scat um by the way that's not something that I do but no one chooses to want to um, be shit on or like literally shit on and not the figurative expression um, or, uh, or just desires that. that. That's not a choice. That's a fetish that has picked you. And usually these fetishes are formed in um, the very early years, the informative years uh, within a person's life. Uh, oftentimes when I ask my clients throughout the years, if they can recall uh, where their fetish started, um, a lot of them, uh, a lot of them don't recall where their fetish started. But um, when a person can recall where their fetish started, it's usually you know uh, in preteens, you know, like maybe seven or eight, or um, maybe ten or eleven or twelve. Within those years, there's something that happens um, to uh, the underpinnings of the human psyche. Uh, We get influenced in ways that we do not know, that we're not conscious of. Um, 
and, and, and this expands way beyond fetish. Like, I mean, we, we really operate on such an unconscious level as humans, just as a whole, like every single human on, on such a level that we are so not aware of. Um, it, it's wild. Uh, what, you know, some, some people react to certain things and other people don't. And a lot of people may not know why they don't react to certain things or why they do. Um, it may not be blatantly clear, but we, we really do operate on such an unconscious level. Um, you know, everywhere with everything we do. So, and of course that's going to carry through into, um, intimacy and, and fetish, of course. Uh, so, so it's very important, uh, for everybody to understand that, uh, no one picks their fetish, you know, their fetish picks them. Um, and you know, that being said, who are we to yuck somebody's yum? I mean, like, who am I, like, to be grossed out because somebody comes to me and they ask me um, <clears throat> to uh, get pooped on or, or get farted on or get peed on or what, like, or, or get, you know, whipped or, you know, uh, or have needle play or medical play. I mean, really... Most of that I do do, um, but I, uh, I don't do the do-do. <laughs> uh, so um, I, I'm not saying that that will carry forward into the future, but uh, at this point in time and uh, in, in previous points in time in my life, I just, that's, um, that's a hard no for me. Um, but but um, back, at, back at yucking somebody's yum, I think it's really important that we don't um, do that uh, because it's it's not a conscious choice. Okay, so so <clears throat> you know, I uh, all of this being said, I'm gonna bring it back to my earlier point about how I set people free, how I allow, I create a platform for an environment, like a really cool environment for people to. F- feel seen and heard and and really understood in a very unique form. Um, and that's very, very much needed. Uh, I can't tell you how important I feel my job is. Furthermore, I can't tell you how despicable it is for so, so many women out there who think that they are dominatrixes and yet they are muddying the waters. They are not only ripping people off and, and wasting their time and just trying to make money and not understanding what fetish is. No, it's, it's not only just that obvious stuff. It's also that um, they're... Um, <clears throat> They're creating more shame instead of less, right? And and shame is fun when it's used on the platform, like in humiliation terms and that sort of thing. But it's it's fun, like it's fun. What I do is fun. Um, 
there, there's an art to shame. There's an art to humiliation. Uh, there's an art to humiliating somebody so much so that they feel less shame when they leave. Um, that's an art form. And it, it, it cannot be executed by somebody of inferior intelligence, not on any decent level. Okay. So this is a deeply psychological game. And so if one is going around pretending to be a dominatrix or being a dominatrix, I guess anyone can use that title, which is absolutely shameful, actually, in, in, in the truest sense. <laughs> I couldn't grab it any other word. <laughs> I shouldn't shame it since I'm talking about releasing shame, but I, it, it just, let's say it shouldn't be done. It should not happen where people... Uh, and can slap that title on themselves and know absolutely nothing about the arts of BDSM and what it all entails. I, I, I really think that's atrocious. And I really think there needs to be uh, some certifications put into place for people who want the superior title. It really is. It's really just that. It's a superior title, dominatrix. Um, it, it, it's not something to, you know, to sort of like these, these people who are mudding the waters, um, they make the title seem skeezy, not good. Um, but it really is a superior title and I play a very superior and fundamental role. That's really important. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to circle back to accreditation and certification with regard to um, dominatrixes in the area of BDSM in the future, um, as I have been putting something together for about a year now, which I'm about to launch coming up. Um, but I, I, you know, I think it's, it's so important that, uh, that we understand that this is a novel role. It is, it's a superior role. It's a, it's a fundamental role. And, and it shouldn't be trivial to people. Um, I mean, let's let's use a metaphor just to bring this, drive this home, really, really drive this home. You need like two years of schooling to cut someone's goddamn hair, right? Two years of schooling, like at least, right? But yet anyone can slap the title dominatrix on them um, if they want and 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 proceed to whip and beat and chain and choke and slap and spit and peg somebody without any knowledge about physiology or kinesiology or it, it doesn't even have to go that deep man but like physiology would be good like how what's inside of a body, like how it operates, you know, like where the fucking prostate is. <laughs> like if you're gonna, if you're gonna offer a fucking prostate massage, maybe know where the fuck the prostate is. I think that would be good to, for starters, right? Um, I think a lot of these women probably don't know where the prostate gland, um, sits within the anus. Um, and, uh, you know, if they don't know where that is, which most of them don't, then it's impossible to give a prostate massage. And so, you know, I see all these advertisements and, um, 
yeah. No, I, I, I have so much to back up my feelings on this. I can't even, I don't even know where to start about uh, my, uh, about the other dominatrixes um, within the, within the world that I've come across. Um, there's a lot of fucking amazing ones out there. Oh my God, there's incredible ones. They really, really, really get it. But then there's also loads and loads and loads of garbage. And when I say loads, don't think about your cum loads, you guys. I know that's what you're thinking about, but there's, there's just a ton of garbage out there. And so, um, I think some sort of certification again, accreditation, um, in order to implement, uh, someone from, uh, or implement that title or, or keep somebody from earning that title, I think should be something that is imposed. And, um, that being said, um, it's not unlikely that that could possibly be, um, because being a dominatrix and, uh, practicing BDSM, which is safe, sane, and consensual. Like that's, that's an old term, an old expression for, for people in my industry. You know, everything has to be safe, sane, and consensual and therefore legal. Okay. So everything I do is completely legal. It's completely above the law. There's nothing illegal about it. There is zero sex involved in, in being a real dominatrix. And when I say zero sex, I mean, in its truest form, zero sex. That's why it's called fetish. Okay. Fetish, not prostitution, not escorting fetish. If you're looking for sex, then you go to an escort. If you're looking for fetish, then you go to a dominatrix. Okay. So, um, there are some outliers to what I'm saying and in the capacity of, um, like out outlier uh, situations in the capacity of like, uh, consensual, non-consensual forced by, or, um, some women do cockholding. Um, I get that fetish. Like I totally, totally get that fetish. I personally have that fetish. Um, I personally have had that fetish, um, for gosh, uh, since my, uh, late teen years. Um, since I was like 17, at least, uh, I love the cockholding fetish. However, I have never done it. Um, I am not saying that I will never do it, but I have never done it. Um, I, I really think it's fundamental for me to be able to look in the mirror every day and like see somebody who I like and I respect and sex for women is vastly different than it is for men. I mean, it is entirely different, okay? So uh, sex for women, the way women were created since the beginning of humans, right? It's to have babies, to like very unconscious, subconsciously like you know, have sex to have babies, right? Like, um, so it's deep within our DNA. 
that uh, babies, or sorry, sex uh, equals babies, um, even if it's not that obvious, um, it had to, it has created a psyche within the female brain, within the smart female brain, okay, big difference with the intelligent, um, self-respecting female brain, it creates an environment where you don't give yourself away to just anyone. Like I don't, I won't give my myself away sexually to just anyone who wants me. Um, I respect myself. I love myself. I need to be able to have a lot of self-esteem and uh, and self-worth in order to be a dominatrix in the first place. So I'm on the precipice of something that's very important. So you guys need to take notes because this is very, very important, okay? So as a self-respecting woman who doesn't sell herself to any fucking dick who wants her, I'm able to feel good and very much, uh, um, very much, uh, what should I say? Uh, like I have a high self-esteem and I feel like people should worship me. I feel very proud. Um, I feel like there's a lot to worship, um, because I have a high self-worth. Now, if I was having sex with everybody, I wouldn't have this high self-worth. That's not the way the female brain was, was made. I mean, we have to be more discerning as females uh, or females have to be more discerning <clears throat> because like I said, we were created to have sex, to have babies, right? Like that's why we were created. So we have to be more discerning, more choosy in our partners. It's deep within our psyche. Um, and and you're, the only way that you're going to ever fucking divorce your mind from your body is if you're not really healthy. Like, and by that, I mean not healthy at all. Like, I mean not healthy at all. Those women who sell their bodies for sex, um, they are divorced from their bodies. Like, they, they really do this thing called disassociation, and it's, it's an outcome that happens um, typically from abuse, from being abused. Um, uh, sexually abused at a very young age, um, you allow someone to use your body and you just zone out, like you just completely zone out. So, um, yeah, I, I, we're going to pause here for a minute and I'll be right back to continue on with what I was going to say. I have to take this phone call, um, but we'll continue on with my rift um, in a second. Mm-hmm. 